You're listening to the Rebel Scum Podcast. You are always scum. Rebel Scum. From odds making to list rankings, we've got you covered. And don't forget to join us on Patreon for early access and exclusive content. Here are your hosts, Brock and James. Hi, James. Hey, Brock. This is the Rebel Scum Podcast. I don't oh. have an opening. <laughs> and 166, and we're, we're we finally finally figured out how to open a show. Yeah, totally. Words. Uh, yeah. Uh, exciting news this week, James. Mm. Uh, well, one of them isn't really news news, but you posted today the trailer for the Mandalorian behind the scenes, Disney yes. behind the scenes, whatever it's called. And that's uh, it's pretty exciting. Exciting enough that I sent it to Reham. Was like, check this out. And she's like, wow, that looks cool. And then she said, but not as cool as James as a cowboy. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> she's like I really liked it. I'm like, uh, <laughs> are you guys still running together? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go over for a run after this. Um, but yeah, no, that show looks very, very exciting. Yeah. Uh, on so many different levels, like the like the passion that these directors have for these episodes, mm-hmm. but then also like all these innovative ways they're shooting the show. I'm like, I'm very excited to the point that uh, after they revealed that like most of the Mandalorian was shot in front of like LED walls. Yeah. And I was working with someone, they're like, yeah, some guy wants to spend all this money on LED walls to make, cause it's the new thing now. And I'm like, just cause one person did it. Mm-hmm. It worked so, out well, though. Like, I don't think oh, anybody yeah. actually knew. It's not like rear projection or even green screen where like, it was pretty flawless, I would say, yeah. um, for the most part. I, you know what? I never, I never watched it nitpicking anything. So I guess, no. you know, maybe I'll go back with a more critical eye. I'll be like, oh, dead pixel. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's fairly flawless because you think about, you know, green screen and – yeah. And uh, rear projection, you can always kind of tell it's a little bit off. Yeah. Um, the rear projection has there's a nice quality to rear projection, I find though. But but there's always something a little bit off. Whereas this one, yeah, you had no clue. No, it's freaking God, Lucasfilm, the best, <laughs> the best of the but best. Then also, news this week, which is really the real news. Um, the director of director or creator or both of uh russian doll on netflix i forget her name i know you have it somewhere she is being uh she's working on a star wars female-centric show that's exciting did you watch russian doll at all james i did not i know you did did you yeah, quite good. i figured i you when you sent me that i was just sort of like well, i don't know i never would have thought of a person like that doing a star wars film but like why not like anybody could really make a star wars film as long as you enjoy the topic i guess <laughs> it, again this hiring reminds me of a jd dillard slight in a lot of ways where it's somebody mm-hmm. who did something you know pretty good people enjoyed it not yeah. i don't think russian doll russian doll was netflix right yeah it wasn't stranger things level success but i know people who saw it genuinely liked it yeah. I think most people liked it, so it seems like and it's exciting. I got—I I don't know. If I'm going to check it out. I'm not going to lie. 
I don't know what it's about, so I don't know if I'm even interested in it or not. That's just me. Um, but it's exciting in that this is somebody with talent that they've tapped into before they've exploded into anything. And if, you know, just like the other hiring, if this is somebody who wants to make a Star Wars, yeah. have at her. Have at her. Do it up. I heard it's going to be female-centric. Is that? Yeah. I don't know what that means. The other big buzz part of it is like, ooh, interesting. And it's going to take place separate of everything else, like in a different time period or whatever. So this is cool, actually, if you read the full. So Bespin Bulletin is where I'm reading this from. <laughs> I don't know if they're legit or not. But uh, anyway, they um, Deadline Reports and The Hollywood Reporter, both of them, are reporting that uh, Leslie Headland is her name, actually brokered signed this deal months ago and attended the rise of skywalker premiere hmm. yeah so what i th- now whether or not this is coming to the forefront now because we're all in isolation they want to give us some star wars news or yeah. maybe you know this is something that is has better you know legs because of what my one concern is you know okay the jd dillard Leslie Headland, are they just starting to do what they were doing with movies and announcing crap now for the sake of announcing? But if she was hired months ago, maybe this is real. Maybe this is something legit is is turning up over at Lucasfilm Disney Plus. Is this a a Disney Plus series or is it the movie? I don't know. I can't remember. I feel Disney Plus. Yeah, Star Wars series for Disney Plus that'll be separate from the Mandalorian and the Skywalker saga. So that's cool. Um, yeah. and hopefully separate from High Republic as well. Um, even though I like the High Republic idea and but just let's let these creators do what they want. So if she has a Star yeah. Wars idea that she yeah. wants to tell, but if she doesn't want it to be connected with anything, then don't force feed it. Don't yeah. force it. Just let it be what it is, and then then you create that world around it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's good. Her show was like really cerebral and stuff like that. Uh, you had to, you didn't have to pay attention. It wasn't like complex in any way, but like it was a show that you had to pay full attention to, you know, like mm-hmm. I think, like, yeah, Stranger Things is a very good show and I'm not downplaying that, but like it's pretty formulaic and then yep. there's usually a twist at the end. So it's like, it's very easy to follow and it's, I think most of Stranger Things fame is on the nostalgia of it, I guess. Absolutely. So, oh, this is so 80s. But uh, hers is, her, like, Russian Doll is a really good show where it's just like, oh, wow. Um, it's like small things that you think are inconsequential turn out to be huge parts of the show. So it's, she's definitely a good storyteller. So which is key uh, no brainer but like you make a good point where it's just like we have to announce things we have to get these directors in and it's just like just because they've announced it doesn't mean anything i would i wonder if this announcement outside of it being some kind of good news or new news is it announcing now because she actually has something figured out written or whatever what have you you that's what i'm hoping i'm hoping because it's okay like i'm like brock do you want to shoot a, a film? Yeah. James yeah. announces Brock is shooting a new movie. But what are you making? I don't know. It's like yeah. the Ryan Johnson announcement still ticks me off to this day. Because <laughs> I'm sure he wants to make more Star Wars. Or he did. I don't know if he, I don't know if he still does. Yeah. But there was, there was 
nothing to that. It was like a nothing story. It was like Kathleen Kennedy was like, you want to do more? Yeah, we're going to do more. No, you're not. What's the idea? So I I do – a part of me wishes that this wasn't – now, this hasn't been official, official, I guess. Mm. Um, I just hope – I just hope something comes to fruition with some of these projects, if not all. This Disney, yeah. I just like I said, like the movies. I understand your their hesitation towards the movies and not doing well, but Disney Plus, if they have a Star Wars show that doesn't do well, yeah, who cares? Yeah. You just you leave it there. You don't push it. You just yeah. let it rot. People are going to find it, and they're like, "Oh, I didn't like that one. Ooh, the next one's out," and they're going to watch it. So I it's think it's almost like. As long as your thing isn't just bland across the board, like mm-hmm. is it's either really, really good or really, really bad, you're gonna get that viewership because people are always interested in that buzz worthy worthy thing. Like I haven't seen it, but I would love to watch cats because it's such a train wreck. Like like they should be taking advantage of how crappy it is. I, this is it's like the 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 room the room effect where it's just like this is terrible or it gets so terrible that it becomes good again right so it's just like well the room really YouTube created the room exactly right like that is whereas cats might have to wait a few years to <laughs> to have that kind of success it'll be all but about you know what I mean, right? oh, like it's yeah. like jump on the idea that like this is such an insane thing that yeah. someone has tried to make <laughs> but that's the thing with star wars though is do you think that like because you were just saying her show's very cerebral blah 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 does that like th- she's gonna have to have a different storytelling mentality going into star wars or because i haven't seen it so i can't speak to it because if i yeah. so if i compare slight to russian doll on the hiring of the two heads yep. right slight is basically a low budget force user. Okay. Mm-hmm. Russian doll, I have no idea what it's about. Can the can the the aspects of Russian doll translate into Star Wars? Do you find it's hard to say because I've never seen anything else she's done, mm-hmm. so I don't know necessarily what her style is. I think uh, aesthetically, what her show looked like and that not necessarily just her like that's the dop as well right like the look of it was really cool so but i don't know if she's a person that wants to do the same story over and over again like without spoiling it russian doll is about a woman that lives the same day over and over again it's basically groundhog day actually oh really i have there's a more twist and turn it's actually a clever title for that (laughs) yeah but uh so like it's a mo- it's a show that's like if it grabs you you're like oh this is a very like rewarding show because it's so kind of unique so it's like hire her because she wants to make something new so I think that is the takeaway from that I don't know I mean like that's a good uh, point maybe this hiring is a way for them to and I'm very torn on this and and I'm and I'm not assuming anything but let's say. Disney or Lucasfilm, they want to break free of the traditional Star Wars mold and do something in that universe, but a different, a little bit different tonally. Maybe this is someone they're getting, they're like, well, this is someone who can make something quality in that realm. The the issue that I look at it with is Gareth Edwards' uh, Rogue One 
where it was too much of a war movie and then they toned it back and made it Star Wars because I think at the end of the day, Star Wars has to be Star Wars. The other thing too is, and again, I don't know much about Leslie Headland, which is a name I'm sure we'll be saying a lot going forward, but I feel like you don't take a Star Wars movie with the plans of making something that's not Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're hired to do Star Wars, you know what you're in for. You know that you know that there's the Force. There was this thing called the Empire. You're in yeah. space. There's spaceships. Like you know the 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 galaxy that you're working within. Uh, and so I think one aspect has to be that she she's not going to just make Russian <laughs> Russian doll Skywalker. Um, it, you know and. And maybe, I'll, you know what? I'll never forget this. Rogue One came out. Claudia Gray was the the hottest Star Wars writer working at the time. Probably still is. But at the time when Rogue One came out, she was just coming off Lost Stars. Bloodline was a big one that they were pumping. And Rogue One hits. And they said, oh, Claudia. I saw this tweet. She's like, Claudia Gray, aren't you just like excited that it's a female lead? And she said, yeah, but I'll be more excited when the female lead is surrounded by females. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And for me and you, I imagine, I don't think about that. You don't think about it. Like I said, when I saw The Force Awakens and my sister was like, there's a female Jedi. It's awesome. I was like, never thought about that. Just, <laughs> it's just for me, Rey was just another character in the Star Wars saga. So maybe this, maybe they... Maybe this is a way for them to have someone who knows how to write females, who identifies with them, uh, to make a story where there's more than just one strong female lead. Yeah, I think she can do that. Uh, I'm just looking up. I was like, what has she made? And it's funny. Her style, uh, like, uh, from looking at her IMDb page, uh, her, uh, uh, Russian Doll is the one that stands out like mm-hmm. the most unique. Like, but she did sleeping with other people, Bachelorette. Right. Uh, um, okay, what happened the other night? So it's like you would argue up until Russian Doll, her her style, her type of movie she likes to make is like romantic comedies. I'm down for so that. So like, that's a totally that's a totally different vibe. And but but going to what you were saying, I wouldn't say. Uh, Russian Dolls is female centric, but there is a lot of female characters in it. And then looking well, at the movie, I just referenced like, oh, she does know how to talk. She knows how to direct women specifically. So perhaps I don't know, but none of those are like. I mean, argue me all you want. It's just like I, I, they're I'll not female centric. You know what I mean? So it's sort well, of like no, I meant more I just. Know, I'm all for it. I meant mm-hmm. more just like me writing a woman versus her writing a woman. She could get in that yeah. headspace a little bit more yeah, organic yeah. than I could, right? I'm, you don't know how to write women. All right. And then, like, Cartman. that being said, like, what does female-centric mean? Does the no whole idea. cast have to be female or just the main cast have to be female? You know what I mean? I mean like, Maybe she just went in there and she goes, I have an idea for a Star Wars movie. It's about this character yeah. and it's a female. And she's writing what she, you know, what she can identify yeah. writing the most, right? Like when I write, yeah. I do genu- generally write more uh, lead males because that's what I am, and that's what yeah. <laughs> that's what I understand the most. So that's the headspace I can get into. 
right? Like I, I, I do write females. I have a couple female lead stuff written, but what I'm more comfortable is when I'm writing the guy. Yeah. As like the fat white guy sits on a couch watching Star Wars. That's really what I, <laughs> that's my favorite thing to write. Cause I am that. Mm-hmm. So it should be, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, it's, it sounds fun. I, I just, I think it comes down to, we need to stop like someone's making a Star Wars movie writing or directing or whatever. We shouldn't compare whatever project they've been in to something to do with Star Wars. So it's like, I think like even with like Ryan Johnson or JJ Abrams, we're like, hey, they know how to deal with franchises or they know how to deal with universe building. It's like, they're just, they're director writers. They, they know how to write a story. The storytelling is more important than. Okay. Why it- Ryan Johnson. What are, in your opinion, his three best movies? I don't know how to put knives in yet because I still have to like. It's knives. I need out. to watch that movie a couple more times. Uh, Looper for sure, number one. He beat up Rick recently for me. <laughs> and then the third is the Ozymandias episode of. Oh Randy my Man. god, so good, so good. I actually uh, just watched that episode, on, not on purpose. It was on my iPad. Cause I watched, I have that screen to film on Facebook and I was just reading the scene while I was playing. I was like, I need to watch this. And I went into YouTube and I watched not the whole thing, but I watched like basically the whole thing, but pieces of it. So such a good episode, such a good episode. <laughs> but then I guess I should also put last Jedi on that list. <laughs> no, well, I'm just asking. It's a, I think it's an honest question. And last Jedi doesn't I have think, to be honest. I think the problem is I like last Jedi, but I don't look at it as a Ryan Johnson film. Mm-hmm. Even though he directed and wrote it, it's just like those other films have more. Like I don't know, it's it's hard to like equate anything to anybody when it comes to Star Wars. You know what I mean? For me, it's Looper than Brick for sure, and then yeah, I guess Last Jedi and Knives Out would fight it for the end. I really enjoyed Knives Out. I just I think. I was expecting more. For, I don't know how to just, I don't know how to describe it where, like I said, I, I, I like it was, I thought it was very predictable. It was a lot of fun, but it was very predictable. And I think the, the one thing I noticed with, with Niza and the last Jedi was it's a lot of forcing the filmmaking aspect onto yeah. it. Whereas looper, well, brick, but looper is just like, it's just like it, you could like there's all the pieces to the puzzle, but it just it flows way more naturally. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the other ones, it's so methodical. Like you think you could feel the filmmaking process behind yeah. it, and that's uh, yeah, whatever. They're great movies. <laughs> they yeah, still no, are I, great movies, but uh, yeah. but yeah, it's sort of yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's like Brick and Looper. Like you're. I don't want to say surprised, but you're like, you're like, oh, edge of the seat the whole time. Well, Brick, especially because of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you're like, God, because back then, right? Not now, but back then, you're like, oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in a movie, and you're like, what yeah. the hell did I just watch? Yeah, yeah. I was like, Ryan Johnson was like 14. 
like, and, and, and like both those movies are like blends of two different genres of mm-hmm. storytelling. So like that alone is just interesting to see. But then like yeah, Looper just has a really cool way of yeah. getting you to the end of the story where you're like, oh man, yes, really good movie. So, but yeah, I don't know I'm excited. I, I, I just make more content. Like, what's it gonna matter? Mm-hmm. Well, so anyway, the reason why I brought that up is because Looper, Brick, Star Wars, Knives Out. Uh, what's the other one that I did? The uh, um, Brothers, brother, not Brothers Grimsby, but something like that. Brothers Grimsby. Yeah, the they're bro- like. Oh God, I can't think of it now. But anyway, they're vi- all different movies. Yeah all different movies mm-hmm. and when you think of ryan johnson i think you think more brick looper yeah uh and now obviously lives knives out people think of but like it's it, so the reason why i say that is you hire somebody to make star wars like russian doll and it's like well maybe they're the same type of person mentality as ryan johnson where you could just slide them into whatever genre it is and they fit, feel right at home in that genre and they're going to do the most with it yeah which is what you would hope for, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's got to just be open season on new ways to look at Star Wars because it's as much as I love it, it is kind of pigeonholed where it's like, well, we have to make this type of movie. I'm like, no, says who? But says would, George Lucas. <laughs> but would you argue? But but would you argue that the MCU is like that as well? Um. I suppose. The thing with Star Wars, if they made a Star Wars movie and it didn't feel like Star Wars, like Solo, like I love Solo, but there's a lot of people say it doesn't feel like Star Wars. And the cinematography, like you look at Fantasia, the cinematography takes them right out of it. It's not your traditional MCU Star Wars cinematography. It's got some depth. It's got some some very dim lighting to it. Yeah. Do people want that out of Star Wars? I don't know. I, I going to the MCU. It's like I feel MCU is a little different because they kind of had a plan. I mean, you could argue some of those movies are irrelevant, but like they kind of had a plan that, mm-hmm. like, well, we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna go to this. I think once they brought all those like narratives together in their first Avengers, then they were like, oh, okay, let's make this like all work together or whatever. I can't even remember how all the, like the, uh, the third Iron Man one is just sort of like, how does this fall into anything? But whatever. Yeah. It was like Shane Black, just Robert Downey Jr. Is like, I want to make a movie with Shane Black. And they're like, all right, here you go. Yeah, go yeah. Do it. But you know what I mean? It's so like, once you get past that, it felt like there's a, there was somewhat of a plan going forward. Um, but that being said, now they have to do what Star Wars is currently trying to figure out as well. It's like, what do we do next? Yeah, but they can always fall back on Hulk, Thor. Like, they still have those guys. Oh, sure. Right? Sure. Whereas Star Wars is all clean. Although, I still think it's stupid. They could bring in Ray all they want. They could bring in Thor. What's, what's, what's the story? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I mean, like, it's comic book characters. You can put them in the same synopsis over well, and over again. Okay, what's the story? So, like, but it wasn't the Infinity Saga until Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, or even after that, you know, like. Like they'll figure it out. <laughs> well, for sure, for sure. And like, I'm excited. Like, I'm really excited for WandaVision and all this Disney Plus content to see how that all works out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it is weird seeing them talk about Marvel stuff right now. I'm like, you can't really make anything, but like, eh, whatever. Like, I think WandaVision is probably mostly shot. I bet you that's mostly in editing right now. Yeah, yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier's on hold, as far as I know. But like, they've been talking about like a lot of Thor, uh, Mm. Love and Thunder, or whatever. Like, they're nowhere near starting that, but like, I think Tiger Woods is talking about it a lot. Perfect time for him to. To uh, iron, finish that script and have it all ready to go and ironed out. Yeah, and yeah, so that's the thing, right? Right now, like uh, Leslie Hed- Headland and JD Dillard and all these Star Wars, it's John Favreau, you know, Mandalorian season three is in pre production. Yeah. This is the time. They're all at yeah. home right now, hanging out. It's like, figure it out. You have yeah. no excuse not to figure it out right now. And I'm hoping I'm hoping that there's a, a diamond in the rough somewhere sitting at their desk right now like, oh, I have an idea for a Star Wars story. And they just write something like Favreau did for the Mandalorian and they just write it. Yeah. And they send yeah. it to like Favreau or Filoni or who knows, right? They just Or J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson. They send it and that person contacts. Like mm-hmm. uh, Chuck Wendig got Aftermath because of, of – uh, no, I can't think of his name. Rogue One. Gareth Edwards. No. I have his book. Gary Whitta. That's it. Gary Whitta. Mm. He got it because of Gary Whitta because Chuck Wendig was like, my dream is to write a Star Wars book. And Gary, uh, Gary Whitta gave Chuck Wendig's whatever to uh, Del Rey or Lucasfilm Publishing. Right. And then, here you go. And they hired him. So I'm hoping that there's someone out there. Yeah, it's odd chance or whatever. But just think about it. You got somebody. I don't know who it is. They're at home. They're writing a screenplay right now. And they're like, I just wrote this Star Wars series or movie. Take a look at this. And they send it to somebody yeah, who yeah. has connections. And they said, like, that that would be amazing right now. And then guess what? There's your 2022 movie or some Disney Plus series that we yeah. never knew was coming. But it's there. And it's by somebody who was passionate about it, just like Favre with Mandalorian. Some passionate about it. Someone with an idea. Someone who wants to do it. And not only that, but they're sending it to the right people who would then also give them opinions and not just opinions on story or character, but Star Wars opinions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, like just sending it into a story group to be like, this is good. Just can you change it to this and this so that it fits with this and this? Exactly. Or perhaps they just say, you're not having to fit it with anything, but include this and this. So Could happen. Never tell me that. What? Never tell me the odds. I didn't say anything. (laughs) All right. Today's odds brought to us by Patreon. Patreon. Have you heard of it? I have. You should join our Patreon because this takes money. (laughs) It's always nice to have support uh, doing this thing where we talk about make-believe. And this uh, section is brought to you by our Patreons. And here they are. Executive producer, Heidi Fetter. Executive. Executive. They should be the executor producer, (laughs) like the the Star Destroyer. Uh, Mary Kristen Aton, Dennis Allen, I think I might have said already. Jeff Wilson, Aaron Quinton, Al Schuler, Phil Staniforth, Janet Rubio, Rachel Alford, Rural Farm Boy, Sooner Thrawn, Austin Scher, Scott D. 
Andy Higgins, Josh Price, Mason Hope, Matt W. Rez, Frank Perkins, Neil Lowry, D. Raven, Spencer, Gleek Play One, Kayla Davis, Automated Joy, Charlotte, Jarek Cocaine, Four Leaf Clover, Girls with Sabres, and of course, he's writing his own, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, fan fiction on Star Wars, and he's going to make it a comic, The Den of Nerds, and he let me read the first draft. Uh, terrible (laughs) (laughs) today's odds are the first odd thank you patrons first odd the odds of baby yoda not appearing in season three of the mandalorian baby yoda not appearing in season three of the mandalorian uh i want to say 40 percent because i don't want to rock uh i don't i think that perhaps maybe the story doesn't need baby yoda at all costs perhaps his story ends in season two but like without knowing anything about his upcoming season it's really hard to make a call you know what i mean yeah uh but yeah uh i'm gonna go 40 percent on it because i'm not against it he's not gonna be in it. i'm gonna go 21 percent. i think he will be in it i think they have it's gonna be a four season show i think they have all four seasons yeah. planned and that's why i think we'll see baby yoda now if he's not and something else comes into play that's awesome that I think, you know, if he doesn't make it to the end, they're in a tough spot, you know, like mm-hmm. not them, but like the audience will be like, but, but I want baby Yoda, yeah. but, I, but I miss baby Yoda. So I'm going to go 20, whatever percent I said. <laughs> Imagine they were able to like baby Yoda is no longer in Mandalorian, but then he jumps to another show. Mm. Just to track to see, like, do the viewers care about the story, this specific story, or they care about the characters? <laughs> I think Mandalorian is probably over 50% people cared about Baby Yoda. Yeah, I think so too. Over 50%. But there, it's also a show that, like, surprised me constantly. So, yeah. You just surprised me. Oh, I love the show. And I think, I think if you get rid of Baby Yoda, my enthusiasm is a little bit is lighter mm-hmm. but I, I'd be interested if, if it wasn't Baby Yoda if it was another kind of infant that wasn't cute mm-hmm. that was the exact same but just not cute right uh, next that odds of Din Jaren wielding the dark saber in season 2 Oh, okay. That makes more sense because yeah. you wrote like I wrote <laughs> three. three dark sabers. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, the dark sabers. Uh, season two. Will he defeat? Will he defeat Moff Gideon and grab the dark saber and become the leader of Mandalore? I feel like him with that sword is definitely something big. I don't know if it'll be in season two. I feel like that's the like loopholes, like ha! It happens in season three, but uh, no, I'm gonna say he'll wield it for sure. Season two, I'm gonna go ninety nine percent. I'm gonna go eighty seven. I think he should, but again, yeah. like you said, though, that might be a season three thing because season. If you look at the way TV shows work, it's season one's usually season one, and then two they figure it out, and then three, four, four that's when they really, really tie it all together. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. I think he's gonna get it in season two because I don't think Gideon is going to be around for season three but if he's not then who's the villain in season three uh, Fennec Shand <laughs> the clone of Fennec Shand 
the next odd, the odds of the next Star Wars movie being based off a Star Wars Disney Plus series. Will the next movie to hit the big screen be based off of any of these new series coming out on Disney Plus? I think there's a high probability that there will be a connection of sorts. I mean, I kept I kept, I said the other day like wouldn't it be interesting if like the new film series would show the future of like who the Jedi are, who the Mandalorians are. Like I I honestly mm. think like the the whole point of the Mandalorian is to possibly rebuild this warrior race. You know, I think we've done the story too many times of like, the, oh, they used to be big and now they're gone. They've done it too many times. I think they need to rebuild that. So in my mind, a future thing could be about, two, you know, 40 years in the future. This is how these new orders have rebuilt themselves. So that's how I can kind of see a possible. So I'm going to go like 90%. Uh, but I don't know if that counts. Like, that's just referencing a show. Are you saying like the show ends and then there's like these characters jump to a movie? Yeah, like uh, it'd be the I don't know the Gina Carano movie. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, maybe I, not specifically about that character, but that character is a main yeah. player in it, and not hers but either. Know. But. I'm going to stick with 90% because if they're going to spend this much time on the TV shows, like why not connect it in some way? I'm going At least to, try. I'm going to go 30, 30%. Mm. I don't yeah. think so. I think they're, I don't think they know what they're doing theatrically yet. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what though, if, if Mandalorian is very successful beyond next season, cause season one, you know, whatever they hit lightning, yeah. got lightning in the bottle, but season two and beyond. And if whatever the next show is, is a big hit and Obi-Wan's a hit and the next show after that's a hit, then yeah, we could start seeing these like the MC, reverse MCU start yeah. small, go big, uh, the very yeah. big possibility. And, uh, that is our final lot today. Hooray. That was a sad state. There's no big ending there. You know what that means? It's hollow news. Hollow news. I'm going to keep going the whole time you're talking. News you need to know right now. We're all kind of trapped inside, so let's make it fun. If you go to StarWars.com, they've... They have a download that you can use for your virtual Star Wars backgrounds when you're doing stuff on Zoom or any of your video conferencing where it'll change the background to a Star Wars scenes for be it may it be Death Star, the ruins of the Death Star, uh, Tatooine, Cloud City. You can put that in there instead of the, the typical Golden Great Bridge. So it looks like you're in a galaxy far, far away. So head on over to StarWars.com and you can download all those backgrounds and uh, your meaning becomes, or, you know, it doesn't even have to be just meanings. It could be your family or friends, your your fun video conferencing. Jazz it up a little bit. And in the same vein, there has been a group of artists uh, at the Industrial Light and Magic Lucasfilm's visual effects house who have created tributes to those of the, the essential workers that are still out there doing the things for the people that have to stay at home. It is called Heroes of the Pandemic ILM Art Jam, and they've created their own illustrations and paintings as a thank you to doctors, nurses, grocery store workers, and all those on the front lines that are saving lives in a 
providing essential goods and services. It's on StarWars.com. It's really cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, the artists took on like a propaganda sort of uh, vibe, something you'd see in the in World War Two, or it's like we can do it, and it's the guy with the ice cream maker from Empire Strikes Back. Uh, but if you want to check it out, ILM has published these works on Twitter and Instagram, and as well as I said, StarWars.com, which is nice because it has little uh, quotes from each artist of like what they were trying to go for. So check it out. Really, really neat stuff. Who knows? Maybe we can purchase these at some point. Just really good work, and it's just, uh, you know, making good out of a bad situation. And this has been your Hollow News. Hollow News. Da 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 da. Hollow Top Five. <laughs> top Five. What's Top Five today, James? The show is flying by today. <laughs> it's almost like we've been on the air every day for the last six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Oh. It is Top Five. Uh, showrunners, we would like to see showrun a Star Wars series for Disney Plus. Top five TV television showrunners, TV show creators that we would like to see showrun a Disney Plus series. So, any showrunner, any showrunner that has ever created a TV series. So, all of your answers should be whoever the showrunner for the single guy was. And <laughs> FYI, Aaron was watching Grey's Anatomy Fireplace or whatever it's called. The Grey's Anatomy Fire Station. Grey's, oh. An- Grey's Anatomy on the Fire Route. It's a firefight fighters, and they're in Grey's Anatomy, but they're not. <clears throat> so instead of one hour of amazing drama, we get two. Oh, wow. And anyway, Aaron watches that. And uh Jonathan Silverman showed up. I like yeah. I wasn't she was watching it and I just like walked by I'm like Jonathan Silverman what are you watching she goes firefighter anatomy and I was like <gasps> pass but anyway he was there and I was like we were just talking about the single guy <laughs> well that makes me change my last my my number five spot Shonda Rhimes <laughs> get some Shonda verse or Shonda what's Shonda her rhymes. Shonda Rhimes what is her Shonda like, vision universe? Shonda vision why not <laughs> It's like some procedural drama that's Aaron really how to get away with murder for a while, and that was the first season was all right, and then you realize you, you can't just keep getting away with murder. I don't think, but you could make a scandal type show, but it's got to do with like the Senate or something. I don't know, or yeah, the New do Republic. It. Just put in Viola Davis. Yeah, I'll watch oh, it. Yes, yeah, exactly. I'd watch it. Um, my number five is Amy Sherman Palladino, Gilmore Girls, same vein. Just have a lot of fast talking <laughs> aliens and stuff. You know, I want to see her do a prequel show to The Phantom Menace about Anakin and his mom, but they speak <laughs> like Gilmore Girls talking, and it ends. And it ends with I don't know how it ends, but it ends, and it's amazing. That's my number five. My number four. Is uh, this one actually has a Star Wars connection? Uh, I think she has a new show, but Fleabag, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yeah, that'd be a good She's one. She's got I a new show on HBO now. Right? I heard it's really. I heard it's really good. And yeah. uh, she already has a Star Wars connection, though she's very like separate from Star Wars. Have you noticed that? Like, some people get sucked in yeah. Star Wars, and she's—I never hear her talk about it really. Yeah. Um. I'm going to go with Mike Schur on my number four. 
the creator of Parks and Rec. Nice. I would watch that. Some kind of comedy, like, especially The Good Place. The Good Place is like, it's a comedy, but there's a lot to that story. And it's like, oh, interesting. I've never seen it, but I know the twists. Yeah, yeah. I heard this series finale wasn't very good. Uh, I have not caught up on it, so I'm not sure. Spoiler alert. uh, (laughs) It's not good. Oh, I don't Uh, don't know. I'm just saying what I heard. Uh, My number three, Vince Gilligan. <laughs> I mean, he knows how to stretch a story, and he hired Ryan Johnson to do two epi- to to shoot to direct two episodes. One was very complicated; the other one was probably one of the best episodes ever on television of any show. Uh, Vince Gilligan. I don't know his name. <laughs> He's married to what's your name for married to children? But the creator of uh, Sons of Anarchy and the Mayans throw the motorcycle. I forget what his name is. I think he could do a good bounty hunter show of some sort. Who? You know, Sons of Anarchy? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, What's that yeah, guy's yeah. name? Married to... I should know her name. She's in, like, everything now. Uh, but, yeah, like, he, that show was really good. It's overly... It's over-the-top violent, over-the-top over the drama, but, like, bounty hunters would be good, or smugglers or whatever. I forget what his name is. Looking I watched up. a little... The new show, Mayans. Sutter? Yeah, Kurt Sutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I think he's <laughs> I think he's got a reputation be for being a little crazy at times, but like that show was very good and I enjoyed it quite a bit. I've never seen it, but I actually was at a wedding where the entire cast of Sons of Anarchy were there in the same hotel. And we checked oh, yeah, in right. we checked in text to the guy who was in the Mandalorian. And I was like, I know this guy. <laughs> but I didn't know if it was... And then we were in a in an elevator with somebody else. And we had a full-on... Aaron and I had a full-on conversation with him. Had no yeah. idea who he was. Had no idea. We were just talking. Like, we're drunk. We just have a conversation with yeah. him. Having a good laugh. And then the mother of the bride came out and was like, oh, my God. And we're like, what? And, uh, yeah. They were all cool. That's what I'll say. I didn't know yeah. any of them. But I thought they were... Not, like, so, like, I didn't see... Like the one guy I recognized, and then I didn't see Charlie Hutton. That's the only one I would have known because he's on that yeah. show, right? Is that the show? Yeah. yeah. And Ron Perlman's on the show. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't there. Yeah. That I <laughs> Ironically, now that I think of it, two <laughs> Sons of Anarchy characters are, or actors, are in that jailbreak episode. <laughs> oh, no, wait. Sorry. That's Clancy Brown. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wrong voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> Still talent. <laughs> Uh, my number two, this one's a no-brainer, the Duffer Brothers. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is a brainer and that's why they're not doing it. But look, they love Star Wars, obviously. And Stranger Things is a lot of fun. Uh, like you say, st- season three, I think, was... I like season two a lot. Um, but a lot of people didn't. And I think season three was a return to form season, for sure. I'm trying to think of what I've watched recently. Tiger King. Who is this? The Tiger King showrunners. <laughs> Rancor <Dude>, King. King. <laughs> Rancor King. Yeah, that's better. Rancor King. I like Dubak uh, King. Dubak King. Dubak Queen. <laughs> Dubak Duke. Um, shoot. I can't. As you can see, I am making it up on the uh, spot. Uh-huh. Um, 
I'm trying to think of what I watched now. Let us know yours, uh, your top fives in the comments below or in the yeah. chat, the live chat going on also. It's always fun to see those. Oh, I already know my number one. So my number two, I'm just going to pull out. John Favreau. John Favreau. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Actually, um, what was the one with Vince Vaughn was in the second season? Matthew McConaughey. True Detective? That guy, maybe. Oh, True Detective, yeah. Was that the same director each time? I think it was the same showrunner. Mm. I've never seen that show. Shocking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, oh, Matt Weiner from Mad Men. I don't know. <laughs> okay. You could have gone Matt Groening. Would have been a... <laughs> <laughs> How much does he do with that show still? Like, oh, I'm sure. Like... I'm sure he does this much. To a garbage <laughs> truck full of money at his doorstep. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like... <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. I honestly, I haven't watched it since the '90s, yeah. probably. Like maybe 2000. I saw the movie, but I didn't watch the TV show for years yeah. before. Like I haven't seen it forever. Andrew says that like season 19 or 29 or something is like the funniest season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I've seen it more because of it's on Disney Plus. That's where he watched it. <laughs> I haven't watched. Somebody watched it on my account at Christmas, and now all my notifications are for Simpsons, and I'm like, I haven't watched it. And then, like, my nieces and nephew watched Surf Beach Teens or something, <laughs> and I'm like, look, I watched Darkwing Duck, Gargoyles, Mandalorian. Nothing like it doesn't matter. They never like you might like this. It's always like because he watched The Simpsons or Teen Bomb Beach. You'll like. I'm like. Ugh. God. Uh, and my number one, Bill Lawrence. It'll be a scrub style oh. show where <laughs> where Poe talks to the camera his first day in the Resistance. And he meets up with Donald or with uh, Faison from Resistance. And it'll be the <laughs> number one show. That's, uh, yeah, Bill Lawrence is my number one. Brock. My number one is the cowboy himself, Dave Filoni, because that guy is amazing. Like... Why is he not giving his full show? Maybe he doesn't want it. Well, he does Clone Wars and stuff. This is how you know the show's coming to an end. The internet has completely crubbed out over here. Uh, Filoni would be great. We can only hope that he gets something of his own down the road. <laughs> like the Brock's making monkey faces right now. <laughs> I'm recording. He's going on. All right, I guess that's enough. I guess we should wrap it up and call this a day. We've been going on long enough. We've interrupted your evening for as long as humanly possible. I have no idea if he's going to be able to to hear me or anything, so I'm just going to say this to him once and one time only, and that is, Brock, you were always scum. Rebel scum.
Hey scumbags, thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on our video. As always, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rebel Scum Podcast, for all the latest videos.